Hello and welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett. Thank you for joining me again. Uh, It's always good to chat with y'all, and uh, I very much appreciate your feedback and input on this podcast. You can reach me uh, on social media at Lisa Lights Life or email, DM me, whatever works for you but your feedback is most appreciated. And um, if you take a few moments to uh, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform, that is super appreciated too. So thank you so much for doing that. Okay, we're just going to get into it this week. We're going to talk about restock fees. Okay, so returns are the bane of everyone's existence. (laughs) There's nobody that loves a return. (laughs) There's no showroom that loves it. There's no manufacturer that loves it. And honestly, there's probably not a ton of customers um, who actually love returns. Okay, maybe there's some that just do the whole return, you know, buy return thing. But um, I think in this day and age, that's the exception rather than the rule. So no one loves returns, but we all have to deal with them whether a mistake was made, whether, you know, a size, a finish, uh, a style, something just doesn't work. The door was taller than they thought it was going to be. All manner of crazy things happen. Um, These are, in many cases, homes under construction. There are changes made in the field. And the light fixture that everyone thought was going to be perfect for the space ends up not to be. Uh, or the customer just doesn't like it, they have a change of heart, whatever the case may be, things do happen, we all know they happen, and then we have to find a way to deal with them. And that leads us to this discussion of restock fees. (laughs) Everybody's favorite. (laughs) So um, when I started that Facebook group, the Lighting Showroom Coalition, gosh, that was like three and a half, four years ago now that I started that, The reason I started it was actually about restock fees. (laughs) I got a bee in my bonnet one day (laughs) about restock fees and how challenging they can make my job as a showroom owner in terms of dealing with customers and customer satisfaction. And I just decided to start this group on Facebook. And the very first thing uh, that I posted about was manufacturers restock fees. Now, all this time later, I, I maybe should have been nicer about the whole thing. <laughs> I understand I'm coming from my showroom perspective, and that's very one-sided. But I also think it's a perspective that is important. And I think sometimes the feedback from showrooms can just be taken a little bit as like complaininess. And sometimes it is. But sometimes there's a valid point there. And then, of course, the reverse is also true. Uh, showrooms need to remember that manufacturers are not out to get them and makes our life terrible or hard. Um, there are just certain necessities of business that apply, and um, and manufacturers are just doing what's in their interest as well. And, of course, the idea is when we're all working in harmony that what's good for the goose is good for the gander, and we all grow our business together and uh, become better, more successful businesses by virtue of our working together. So, restock fees. (laughs) I think what a lot of us would like to see in this area is some sort of industry standard in restock fees, Um, 
I know every business is its own entity, so everyone needs to do what's best for themselves. But I do think it would make a tremendous difference if there was some sort of standardization here that wasn't, okay, well, this one you get an allowance. This one you can return so much. This one, the restock fee is 25%. This one, there's no restock fee if it's new in the box. This one, the restock fee is 35%, even for brand new in the box product. That one's crazy. Uh, (laughs) If it could not be so varied, it would help everyone make businesses in business decisions inside their showroom better. It's hard to remember off the top of your head, okay, can I take that piece back? What kind of restock fee am I going to get charged? And that leads to a blanket application of a return policy that maybe doesn't need to be a blanket policy. Maybe there is more flexibility there. Um, I know in my showroom, I have tried to do that. And I have certain brands that for fixtures under a certain price value, there is no restock fee if they're brand new in the box. Um, But again, there are some lines that charge up to a 35% restock fee for brand new in the box product to be returned. So there's just so much variation. And I think hurdle one is trying to find a happy place. Not that every business has to adopt the same policy. Of course, that's not what I mean, but maybe just to get to a little bit better industry standard. Um, So, you know, I'll speak from the showroom perspective off, off the start here. Ideally, for a showroom, an independent lighting showroom, restock fees for a manufacturer that you have a good business relationship, not somebody you just bought one thing from or only have maybe $1,000 in sales with, um, a manufacturer that you have a good relationship with. I'll just wing out a number of you know, around at least 20000 a year in sales annually or more. So if those manufacturers, if a, if a customer has a return on a product that legit never left my warehouse, it's brand new in the box, original packaging, if I pay the return shipping to send that product back to the manufacturer, I would love it if the restock fee is waived on that product. I am okay with, in the credit, being deducted any free freight charges that I had on that order. So say I ordered a $100 fixture, it came to me, customer uh, rejected it, (laughs) Uh, but it's brand new in the box. So on that $100 fixture, I spend the freight to ship it back. And if I had like, like a $5, you know, built in something from my free freight allowance for that uh, fixture to ship to me, that's fine. You can just refund me back $95 less the shipping charges that I, that I incurred on my own. And probably if you do the math there, that ends up at about 25% of the value of the product is lost in freight charges. And that's fine. Uh, What is the problem is when you have, that lost shipping charges, and a penalty on the amount of money you're getting back. And I do know that there are liability issues, like return product has to be inspected to make sure nothing was damaged because you don't want to resell it to somebody else. And, you know, it turns out that the product had been messed with and wires in touch, shortened, whatever. And then that gives you a product uh, problem further down the road. I totally get it. Um, I And I understand the cost of reviewing the returns. 
is something, you know, that's not to, a, a cost not to be ignored. In that same token, we as lighting showrooms incur very similar costs of doing business, especially with returns. So, of course, manufacturer, you've got the personnel pulling the order, you've got the shipping of the order, you've got the the freight allowance. Um, and then, you know, the longer a, a fixture is in transit with UPS or FedEx, the more likely it is to get damaged. We all know that. <laughs> um, but even though the, that the manufacturers incur all those expenses, you know, showrooms do too. We have the same, I have personnel in my warehouse picking orders. I have personnel in my warehouse delivering orders. I have to pay gas in a delivery truck to deliver product to a customer. You know, I have those same costs of doing business. Um, and at what point do we draw the line between, okay, that is just a cost of doing business versus okay, this is just unreasonable and I need to penalize my customer for returning this to me. I don't know how many manufacturers are aware of this, but a lot of lighting showrooms have to foot the bill for reinstallation on defective merchandise that the electrician came out the first time to hang the product. There was a defect, manufacturer's defect. Of course, the free replacement product was received all is well, but I can't tell you how many arguments we get into with customers. Very lovely arguments. All resolve nicely. <laughs> Challenging discussions we get into with customers over who pays that bill for the rehanging re of the product. They say, I already hired my electrician to come out and do this. It wasn't my fault that the product arrived damaged, to which it makes you, the showroom owner, want to say, well, it wasn't my fault the product arrived damaged either. And then you go to the manufacturer with that argument and they say, yes, sure, we're sorry the product arrived damaged. We're sending you a free replacement at no charge. And that's supposed to, you know, make everybody feel better. And in a lot of cases it does, but there are sometimes when it really doesn't. And since the labor on defective product isn't covered under warranty, it then becomes my cost of doing business that I'm occasionally just going to have to suck it up and hire an electrician to go out and replace that product for a customer on my own dime. So there's always stuff like that to consider too. Um, and again, this, it, these are all just costs of doing business, right? Like I, nobody made me own a lighting showroom. I decided to do that. And this is one of the costs associated with it. But there does have to be a line there between what is determined as just a standard cost of doing business and wh where are we getting excessive? And that's where I think a lot of the grumbling about restock fees from showrooms comes from is it does seem to feel like it's edging to the excessive penalty more so than being something that we can understand. Um, I've <laughs> said before, and I'll say it again, uh, if, if you're on the manufacturer side and you've never had to tell a retail customer that if they want to return something brand new in the box, never opened, and they're going to lose 25% of their money just to, just to be able to return the product to me, oh my gosh, do that in a showroom a few times, and then you tell me how much you <laughs> You like that policy. It's just really tough. And no amount of talking about the things I just discussed, like warehousing and personnel and, and inspections, they don't care. The customers do not care. If you order something on Amazon and you want to return it, you can. It's brand new in the box. You lose your shipping charges. You know, that's going to be deducted from the your credit. 
uh, but you can return it. And it's just a, a, a fact of the world that we live in that that is like a baseline that most customers have come to expect. What So goes Amazon, so go the rest of us, honestly. Um, but we already know that. I mean, that's been the case for a long time. That's why we are all trying to do so much better about quick shipments and getting product to customers as soon as possible. That's why uh, a lot of us don't hold POs to aggregate them for like two to three weeks. You know, we order multiple times a week, even from one manufacturer, because we need to get the product into our customers' hands as quickly as possible. That is the expectation that the market has set for us. And there's a similar thing with returns. The expectation is that within reason, you know, if it's not a custom product or some really, you know, long lead special order handmade item, that you're going to be able to return it and get, you know, at least a significant portion of your money back, not 75% of your money back, uh, if you are dissatisfied with it and want to return it. Um, uh when I posted onto my Facebook page that I was going to be discussing restock fees this week, somebody mentioned that um, maybe it's a perk for independent lighting showroom distribution that you can have uh, an easier return process. Um, I like that. I like that as a like a, a benefit to us over uh, e-com distribution. Although I do know immediately the response from manufacturers is going to be that they already spend a lot of money on independent lighting showrooms with our discounted displays and freight and everything else. But I do think there's maybe a, a kernel of something there. Um, why can't we do some sort of value added program to purchase through a local distributor, an independent lighting showroom? rather than online or a big box store, I think that could be really beneficial to manufacturers and showrooms alike. Um, I know, and I think, of course, I don't fully know of which I speak, but because free freight programs are so prevalent right now, I know to some extent they must be increasing sales or people wouldn't be giving away those freight dollars. So I feel like a a better policy here might also increase sales in unexpected ways. Um, again, customers, our customers in the showroom believe that returns should be no questions asked for brand new in the box product. Um, it's really something people can't wrap their heads around <laughs> again, because it's not a custom made product. It is in a brown box. It came from manufacturer's warehouse. It has never been opened, never been touched. Why should they be penalized? Um, and I get it. If I were a customer buying from an independent lighting showroom and was told that 25% restock fee, um, I'd probably be pretty frustrated too. And of course, to head that off in my showroom, we try to do all the things that we can, have the disclaimers about the return policy, um, but inevitably uh, they get missed from time to time. Um, another idea, uh, idea that I really liked, um, because I do really think the answer here is in a compromise solution. It's not return anything whenever you want, pay the freight, and we'll give you 100% of your money back. That's, of course, what showrooms want. That probably is a little excessive. I also think the current state of affairs with generally 20-25% restock fees is also a bit excessive. So I think the answer is somewhere in the middle of those two positions. And I liked this one, um, that you can receive free restocking for, again, 
brand new in the box, not open fixtures. That is just the baseline. <laughs> Free restock for up to 5% of your last year's purchases with a manufacturer. So for instance, say in 2020, I spent 2000 sorry, $20,000 uh, with a manufacturer. Then in 2021, I can return up to $1,000 in new in-the-box items. I pay the shipping back to the manufacturer, and that is all fully, you know, fully credited. And then, you know, any returns over that, maybe you pay a 10% restocking fee, a 15% restocking fee, something like that. But then it incentivizes the showrooms to increase their business with manufacturer ABC. And that way, your free, your restock allowance will also increase. It makes it a better deal for me in the showroom. That way I can be able you know, promote that to my, make sure my salespeople know so they can promote it to customers if they're deciding between two. Well, if you think you're on the fence, you probably want to go with this one because if you have any issue with the product, I can take it back, no questions asked. And if this, this one there's going to be a 20% restocking fee. You know, um, that's an easy sales pitch to make. So I do like this kind of compromise solution. I do think it would be really, really beneficial for all of us to A, adopt some sort of standard, relative standard in the industry, and then to B, reach this compromise solution that doesn't penalize one party or the other in dealing with something that we're just always going to have to deal with, right? Like, again, nobody likes returns, but returns aren't going away. That's not a thing that's going to stop happening, <laughs> you know? Uh, we we have to deal with it. Um, but I think there's a better way than we're doing right now. Um, and a better way for all of us. And again, the idea being that if we can find some sort of middle ground, it really helps us all. It would help incentivize showrooms to sell a particular manufacturer because they know that returns are easy. Um, there's one manufacturer that uh, I work with that I just have to fill out a form nice and simple, print out the form, do my shipping label, send it back. I don't have to do back and forth on emails. It is super efficient and makes my life so easy and I love it. Um, I do understand the need to generate an RGA number. You know, that's probably not something that everyone's going to be able to do. Um, but that aside, it is just a simple process, straightforward, easy to follow, I get the product back quickly and um, I'm okay with definitely having time limits on when you can do these restock fees. Like nobody thinks that, uh, well, I don't think anybody thinks the showroom should be able to buy a product today and then return it six months later. Um, that's just causing a whole other set of issues. So yeah, so I think maybe a 60 day limit on these returns for the really great restock policy. I think that makes total sense and is something that I would love to see um, for my showroom and in the industry. So please let me know your thoughts. Um, I didn't get a ton of feedback from manufacturers when I posted about this. So now that I've spewed out what I think, I would love, love, love to hear what you guys have to say in uh, response to this. Um, let me know what I might have missed from your point of view that is really important as to why these restock fees exist. You know, that is a big part of being able to explain them to a customer. If I understand better myself why they exist, I can explain it to a customer better. Um, but it just kind of sounds 
like we're making things up about warehousing <laughs> and that's not something that customers really get behind or very few of them do. So um, maybe there's just some magic bullet there that we're all missing. But again, I'm, I'm loving these compromise solutions. I really think they're the best for all of us. So it is uh, Monday, March 22nd, as I record this, by the time the podcast is up and live, it will be Tuesday, March 23rd, the first day of Lightovation. I hope everyone that was able to travel to Dallas for market um, for the rescheduled uh, March Lightovation has a great time. I'm sure it'll be successful for everyone who is able to attend. Again, I'm uh, obviously not going to be there or I'd be getting on a plane very soon, <laughs> but uh, I will be there in June. Uh, plane tickets booked, hotel is booked, and I so can't wait. I'll be talking more about that as it gets closer and we'll be doing some meetups and uh, everything as a part of the Lighting Showrooms Association for the June Lightovation. So stay tuned for that. Um Thank you, everyone. I hope everyone has a wonderful week and a great time selling lighting. <laughs> and again, I look forward to your feedback at Lisa Lights Life on Instagram. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a wonderful day.